0: Hey, I'm Jimmy O here, and we are going live with the LAOFCS movie show, and we're talking all about Lion King. You ready for it? Welcome to Popcorn Talk, featuring movie discussion, news, and interviews. Popcorn Talk, we talk movies. Hey guys, uh, I'm I'm really excited about this show. By the way, I, I I'm we're going to talk about Lion King, the new big budget animated Disney release, and we have really special guests today. Alexander Robinson. Hey, I'm back again. Yes, I'm the <laughs> lovely Carla Renata. Hi, guys. So, um, I've got to admit, I did not, I did not get a chance to see the Lion King, but I, I know the original really well, and I know how much I loved it as a child. Mm-hmm. I know how much it meant to me as a, as a, not only as a fan, but as a film critic. Mm-hmm. It's an amazing film. Mm-hmm. So, let's talk about the new Lion King. I'm going to send it over to you guys.
1: Alexander, I'll let you go first because yeah. I'm like the Lion King aficiona- aficionados. So I'll, I'll let you do that. Ooh, okay. I'm
0: excited. <laughs> this will be interesting
2: because, um, so I saw the movie last week at the El Capitan, and, um, my biggest worry about going to the movie was is this just going to be like Gus Van Sant's psycho? Is it just <laughs> a shot for shot remake of The Lion King? And in a way, kind of is. I mean, if you've seen the original animated movie, then you've already seen this version. There are some few differences here and there. Um, If I could say anything positive about it, it looks it looks incredible. Like it's a big step from the Jungle Book, and just in terms of its look, Um, Timon and Pumbaa were absolutely hilarious, and a lot of their scenes. It seems like the two actors were not doing their own thing, but they were just putting their own twist. More than I think any of the other actors were. I really like John Oliver as Zazu, just just because there's something about John Oliver's voice in that bird, the mm. way the bird looks, that just has <laughs> me laughing hard. But outside of that, uh, I just thought the movie was soulless. Like the biggest problem I had with the movie was you can't really get any emotions from the animals. Like when you watch Jungle Book, you could tell by looking in their eyes that there's a lot of emotion, and you could tell what the animals are thinking without them actually speaking. And I never. Got that from this movie at all. I was, it just, I just felt kind of dead inside watching
1: it. Wow. Okay. Wow. So I disagree with you. Okay. Um,
0: good. <laughs> good. I good. disagree
1: with you, and this is why. So um, let me just roll it back to what both of you guys were saying about the animated film. So there's been three different versions of The Lion King that have come to light there's the original animated film that came to light, there's the musical that came to light, and this new live action version i wouldn't i didn't feel soulless because the difference between all three of those versions especially with this live action version is that it concentrated more on the story the story of forgiveness the story of um loyalty the story of a father and a son it concentrated more on the the relationship between simba and his dad mufasa and his uncle scar right and it it concentrated on and this sounds so corny but it concentrated on the circle of life you know mm. how when one when one person grows up and they bring another life into the world that lineage is is um carried on with the next person that comes into the family so all three of those through lines stay with the film no matter what version of it that you've seen okay. um the CGI in that film, I do agree with you on that. It was the most beautiful thing I'd ever seen. It was ridiculous. And um, John Favreau said that there was one scene in the film that wasn't done with CGI. There was only one. But everything else was completely cgi And I didn't know that before. I, I knew that before I went to see it. So I'm like, ooh, which scene is it? Which one is <laughs> animated? Which one, which one did they not do? Um, and there were a couple of differences for me. I don't agree with the fact that if you've seen um, the animated film, you've seen this. There's a huge difference, mainly because um, in the original animated version and in the um, musical versions, the hyenas are funny. Mm -hmm. I know, because I was one of the hyenas in the (laughs) musical version that played at the Pantages for three years. I was Shinzi, and I was nominated for an NAACP award for that performance. So, having said that, And I was directed by Julie Taymor, who directed the original Broadway production. So having said that, the hyenas have always been kind of funny in the same lane with Timon and Pumbaa. But in this live action version, they are not by any stretch of the imagination funny. They are menacing. Mm. They are evil. And they are mean. And I was like, what is happening? But they did keep Shenzi who's played by Florence Kazumba, who also was a Shinzi on stage in the German production of The Lion King. Oh. Um, they did keep Shinzi a character that was in control and, you know, told the other hyenas what to do. So I love the fact that they kept Shinzi strong, but she was strong in a whole nother situation than she was in the other two versions. They kept the comedy strictly... Um, um, What's the word I'm looking for? Strictly limited to Timon and Pumbaa. And Timon and Pumbaa, who are voiced by Seth Rogen and uh, Billy Eichner, were the best things in the movie.
0: That's what I keep hearing. That's what I keep hearing. And I I, I believe that. Both of those are really funny guys. The scenes I've seen with both of them definitely have me interested. Oh,
1: pure comedy. Pure Mm. comedy. She would tell Ijoah Ford does the voice of Scar... He does a great job. Great job. I heard somebody yeah. yesterday go, "I love the reimagining of of Chouettelejo for his scar." He didn't reimagine nothing. He's doing <laughs> the same thing that they did in the animated <laughs> version and in the musical. Like there's nothing different about what he's doing. And and then I heard yeah. people going, "Oh, and uh, and and they cut. Be prepared because he can't sing." Hello, newsflash! The people in the musical couldn't sing either. The person in the film couldn't sing either. Everybody that's played Scar does not sing.
0: Yeah, it's more of a kind of a talking, yeah, that type of thing. Yeah, kind of thing. Exactly.
2: Alexander. Um, Well, what you're saying about Chiwetel Ejiofor doing the exact same thing as Jeremy Irons did that kind of proves my point on like you've already seen this version, and especially.
1: well, no, it doesn't. But okay, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'll, I'll bring I'll bring some examples of. Um... I mean, there are elements to to prove your point. There are elements of it that are very similar because it wouldn't be if you go and you do a live action version of the Lion King and you change the whole thing. It it, it misses the mark, right? So yes, I mean, there are elements of it that are the same, but it's not exactly the same.
2: I mean, I would argue that you could make it different yeah. enough to be its own thing. Like mm-hmm. I've seen, we've seen all seen several remakes where they. Can be on par with the original, like um, or even better. Like John Carpenter's the thing, huh?
0: mm, of
2: course. Different yeah. from the original one from the fifties. Huh?
1: Yeah, well, the, I, can, I, mean, I can't argue is... with you on that one because I won't see the thing. Yeah,
0: she won't. <laughs> now, well, Disney. I mean, Dumbo was a little different. Uh, it was, right? You know, but so, it wasn't
1: good. Exactly. Yeah, that's that's a problem. That that's wasn't a problem. good. It wasn't good, and I didn't see The Jungle Book, but I am a fan of John Favreau. Mm-hmm. So going into going into The Lion King, it was, in it's heart. and I, I'm just going to preface this, which I'm sure people listening or watching have already <laughs> surmised this. I can't be impartial when it comes to The Lion King yeah. because I was in it.
0: That makes sense. Fair Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So, I
1: mean, it, I, I'm just going to say that up front. It's really hard for me to in, be impartial about The Lion King because I was in it. But what I can say is this. Apart from Timon and Pumbaa being really hilarious, the other two entertaining people in the film for me were young Nala and young Simba. Really? Yes, which were played by Shahidi Wright-Joseph from Us and J.D. McCrary. He was little Simba. They were... They were so exuberant and enthusiastic and they had all the energy in their voices because we have to remember, because this was a live action and the same thing with the animated feature, because it's animated or live action, you're not seeing people. You're just hearing their voices. So you have to act with your voice. I cannot say the same for Beyonce and Don Don Glover. Glover. I always want to say Danny Glover. Don Glover. (laughs) Donald Glover and Beyonce, as beautiful as both of them are, and as talented as both of them them are in their own right, I feel like Beyonce and Donald Glover when they when they voiced Simba and Nala, it was kind of flat. It really was. I I I agree. Right. Like like what listening to Donald Glover. We agree.
2: (laughs) (laughs) This has never happened. (laughs) Um, I just felt like with Donald Glover and Beyonce, more Donald Glover, I just felt like he was kind of going through the motions and he wasn't really putting that much effort into his voice work I don't think he knew
1: how. And and that brings me to my next point. I don't, I think that people believe, because I'm a voice actor as well, I think people believe that when you... When you're acting with your voice, it's not as much effort as if it's a full body situation, but it's even more so because you're just using your vocal cords. So Mm. people, you have have to bring people in with your voice. You have to make them excited just with the sound of your voice. You have to make them sad just with the sound of your voice. Mm. All those things that you would color in the physical realm, you have to do it with only your vocal cords. And I don't think that Beyonce and Donald Glover knew how to do that. And I don't think, bless John Favreau's heart, I don't think... And I wasn't in the studio with them, but I'm surmising that probably there wasn't a whole lot of direction given to them because of who they are. And they probably just let them do their own thing, which is why you ended up with the Mm. performances you ended up with. Mm. The song Spirit honestly, it's a gorgeous music video, and it's fierce when I see it out of the context of the film, but when I saw the film, somebody said to me afterwards, oh, and that Beyonce song, I said, where was that?
2: Uh, I I know, right? Did did you
1: do that too? I was like, what what, what song was
2: that? I was like, wow, I mean,
1: Aladdin at least added something new. Yeah, I was like, I didn't realize that that was a song that she had added. I heard her singing, but I was like, oh, okay. I (laughs) I didn't get it and when but what I will say is when they sing can you feel the love tonight it's beautiful both of their voices are beautiful but mm-hmm. they don't bring anything extra or special or magical to can you feel the love tonight than anybody else did they don't and um it, we're it's, agreeing oh, again it's oh, very it's very
2: bizarre to hear that song being sung in the daytime
1: <laughs> like
2: i w- really i want to know who <laughs> was it was it that hard to make it set at night it's called can you feel the love tonight i, I read somewhere on twitter somebody saying can you feel the love tonight? Being sung in the daytime is like under the sea being sung on dry land. <laughs>
1: that's a little, that's a little, that's a little reaching. But anyway, that's that's like okay. Let me find something else I can pick at in the liking. But um, <laughs> and the other thing that the other thing that I missed is in the musical and in the animated versions, the African music was a little more prominent in those versions, and in this version, it it wasn't as much. A lot of the songs that are in the musical were cut. Mm-hmm. A lot of the songs that were in the animated version were cut like be prepared is a snack pack version which is only being performed by she would Joe for it oh it's not the full thing with the whole the whole production of the hyenas is it's like a snack pack version mm-hmm. um Shadowland which is Nala's um uh solo in the musical version that's not in there mm. uh, which i thought they might have added that for nala just to give nala a little more depth yeah exception. Um, especially with you have beyonce you would think right right um yeah and, and that brings me to my next point beyonce i feel like every they are using beyonce to get people to see the film and people thinking that they're gonna see like this beyonce-esque version of the lion king and the truth of the matter is she's in like two or three scenes and that's it wow right? I,
2: I think she's in a little more, she, like like between um, Simba joining Timon and Pumbaa mm-hmm. and Nala finding Simba again. Mm-hmm. They cut back to Pride Rock several times to show like the the, the effects that are going on yeah. and mm-hmm. seeing how what Nala the decision she makes to leave Pride Rock and try to find help. You're so, right. At you're least right. there's that going for it. But there's
1: not, but she doesn't, she does not have a lot of dialogue. And the point I'm trying to make is that people are going to go see the Lion King thinking that they're going to see this Beyonce-esque thing happening and that's not what you're going to see. What you're going to see is a CGI animated version of the Lion King with a lot of, some people's favorite songs not there, some reimagining of some characters and, um, and you know, this is the funny thing. When when I, what I did love about it is that Lebo M, who did the music for the musical version and contributed a little bit, I believe, to the animated version, he was very involved in doing the music for this version, and oh, okay. he helped write "Spirit" with Beyonce for this version. So it was really good to see that this brother has had. He's South African, and he has had a career that spanned over twenty years oh, just with the Lion King music alone. He's a huge musical force in South Africa on his own Mm. right but with The Lion King it, it spanned 20 years and it's been 20 years since I've seen him so I saw him you know a lot when we were rehearsing and performing The Lion King here in Los Angeles but I hadn't seen him again since we closed in I think we closed in 2003 so I hadn't seen him since 2003 and the first time I saw him since we did The Lion King was at the world premiere opening night so that was a really cool thing to be able to see him again. He didn't change. I did. Wow. <laughs> but he didn't change. Well, let me get your thoughts on the soundtrack. What,
0: what did you feel was maybe improved? Both of you, actually. What improved <laughs> in the soundtrack for you?
2: Uh, Nothing. Really? I, I honestly, like, trimming down Be Prepared, I get it because it would look, it would look jarring to have a bunch of hyenas... Um, do their little Nazi parade in a, a
1: live-action setting. Well, you um, know, that, that, but, that's what one of the complaints was about the animated feature. They were at, they were actually going to cut Be Prepared from the animated feature because of, of that.
0: Yeah. Be, um,
1: because they felt like it was a little Nazi-ish. Mm, um, but, um,
2: but I think, yeah. like, because that's such a great villain song. Yeah, it is. That trimming it down it just kind of hurts. Um Akuta Matata and I can't wait to be king just feel awkward, like just it. It's like watching a nature documentary with these songs awkwardly crammed in there. Because mm-hmm. when you watch can't uh, can't wait to be king, the art style changes, the animation is just pumped up to the extreme. They they take a full advantage of the animation, and in this one they just don't. I've already talked about can you feel the love tonight taking place in the day and uh, circle <laughs> circle of life. I don't think. Did they do a re-recording of Circle of Life? Cause it's- they did. They
1: did, yes. They did. Okay. Yeah. Because the music sounded like they ripped it from the original. I think I think they did. I could be wrong. I think they did, or maybe they did not. I'm thinking... Okay, I'm thinking I heard Lebo say... That they didn't. That they did use the original one. I'm oh, thinking. They did. Oh, okay. I think I heard mm-hmm. an interview with Lebo saying that they did use the original. Because he he said he they did. Because he said that he couldn't imagine that twenty some odd years later they would be using that again. Yeah. I tell you what. What I what I also loved about it is the fact that they kept the Lion King, the Lion King, in the form of James Earl Jones. James Earl oh, Jones did yes, the animated. I agree. James Earl Jones did that live action and he didn't skip a beat. He didn't skip a beat. He was right there the whole time. And I just, there's something about his voice. He has such a rich, exuberant, just, you know, thickness to his voice that makes you stand up and pay attention whenever he opens his mouth to speak. Yeah. You know what I mean? And so when he does it in The Lion King, you know, whenever he says Simba in that James Earl John, James Earl Jones voice, you're just like, "Ooh, that was James Earl Jones. It said Simba. It's Simba." It's- <laughs> Simba. I tried. No one can do James Earl Jones. It's like no. Simba. Everything the light touches. It's like it's so awesome. I love it so much. But yeah, I I feel like this version was it it for me. It kept the circle of life going, no mm-hmm. pun intended. It kept the the theme of the Lion King going. I just missed some of the songs from the musical. I missed the energy because I feel like Um, young Nala and young Simba set the bar and are supposed to set up the energy for the adult Nala and Simba and I feel like that didn't happen I feel like no matter what version of the Lion King you see, Timon and Pumbaa are always going to crush it because they're always just really funny and not for nothing but they always let those characters, no matter what incarnation they do, let them ad-lib. So there was a lot of ad-lib going on in the musical version with them, but not too much because Julie Taymor is a stickler for things being a certain way. Hmm. But um, in the animated version, Nathan Lane and um, Ernie Sabella they ad libbed a lot, you know. No. Um, and then this is funny. So, like I said, I can't be objective about it, but <laughs> but I do but I do have um, a history with it that's really crazy. Okay, so here we go. All right, all right. So when the animated version came out, I was in a musical with Matthew Broderick and Ernie Sabella who both voiced Simba and um, Timon, no, Pumbaa. Was he Puma. Pumbaa? Pumbaa, Me Pumbaa was Timon. Timon, I mean, um, Simba and uh, Pumbaa, respectively, right? Okay. So then, 20 years later, I end up in the musical version in Los Angeles where I'm playing Shenzi. And now, another 20 years later, I'm sitting here talking about it on the LAOFCS Weekly show mm-hmm. after having gone to see the world premiere, and seeing my friend Lebo 20 years after working with him on stage. So it's it's like, it's very special to me. Yeah. And it has a very special meaning for me, because it was the first time in my acting career that I'd ever worked with a female director. It was the first time I'd ever been cast as a female lead in a show. Wow. It was the first time that um, I'd ever been nominated for anything, mm-hmm. you know? So it held a lot of firsts for me. And it was the first time I'd been in a show that was uh, predominantly African-American. There's only five roles in The Lion King that are not played by people of color. Mm -hmm. So those roles are um, Pumbaa, Timon, Zazu, Scar, and what's the other one? And Ed, one of the hyenas. Oh, okay. So those are the five. That are not African American, but when you go see the musical, you don't know because everybody's face is painted, so you don't know who's what. Right?
0: Well, see, I love the fact that you have that history with this this movie. I, I love that. I think, and, and besides the fact, I love Julie. I she did one of my favorite Shakespeare adaptations, uh, Titus. I I love that film. So I love what she brings <laughs> to musicals. I love that what she brought to the Lion King. And I it doesn't sound like this quite stacks up to the musical. Would you guys agree with that?
2: Uh, as as an outsider, I'd say yes, because the musical, again, from an audience perspective, it benefits from having great costumes and art direction. Uh, sure. Whereas, again, this new one's just the animated movie, but with CG.
1: Yeah. yeah, It it I enjoyed it. I really did. And I think I enjoyed it because it was nostalgic for me. Sure. But um, it does look like a Disney nature film with music attached to it from the animated version. That's what it looks like. That doesn't make it bad. Like, like I said, the CGI in it is amazing. I'd never seen CGI like that before. It was really quite wonderful to watch. Um. And I feel like the casting of the people that they put in there, it was good. Alfrey Woodard is in there playing yeah. Sarabi. She does a really good job of being a really... Actually, they kind of expanded Sarabi's role in the live-action version. Because in the musical version and in the animated version, Sarabi doesn't have a whole lot to say. Yeah. But in this version, she does. And and I think they expanded it because it's Alfrey Woodard. It's like, how are you going to have Alfrey Woodard in a movie and not you know take advantage of her presence so yeah
0: absolutely that was
1: that was a really great thing to add to it as well
0: well that's a lot of Lion king i mean so you recommend it i feel like this is going to be a movie whether the adults like it or not i think it's going to re- re- kids are going to love it and kids are going to hopefully go oh, back to the that's original that's
1: thing yeah so th- that's that's the other disclaimer that i want to say if it's a child that's maybe um i want to say 5 years or younger this mm-hmm. may not be a good film for them because oh. the hyenas The hyenas made me jump out of my seat and I'm grown. So (laughs) (laughs) I'm just saying, Um, the hyenas are a little menacing and they do have moments where they're like snapping and, you know, crunching right, in the screen and it's a little jarring. So a child that's five or under may not, this may not be a good fit for them. It may give them little nightmares and stuff. So I would suggest to parents that are contemplating taking their children to this film to really pay attention to the age, you know, PG 13 or whatever, you know, rating they put on it to really pay attention to that. Because um, in this instance, I would think that it would be um, an important thing to take notice of.
0: Oh, that, that mm-hmm. that's actually good. I'm glad you added that because that was my question as a oh, dad so yeah, no. you know Mm-mm. well, I think we're gonna move on we We all have a retro pick because it's Disney Day, right? We're celebrating Disney mm-hmm. right yeah. uh, I want to start with you, Carla. uh what is your <laughs> retro pick? which Disney movie do you love and do you want to
1: talk about? okay again, I have a history with this one too with a person not with the film though. But I love The Little Mermaid. Um, I love The Little Mermaid. Only because, you know, it was it was it was groundbreaking for another reason as all the Disney animated films were early on. Sure. Um and one of my Well no, I'm not gonna say that. So <laughs> I just I loved it I I loved it for that reason. I loved it because it was focusing on on a young girl who, she wasn't blonde, she wasn't brunette, she had flaming red hair, she was a mermaid, you know what I mean? <laughs> she wasn't a perfect, she wasn't a perfect girl, mm-hmm. right? So I loved it because it was it was a Disney character that wasn't perfect. She wasn't perfect. She had a perfect voice in her singing voice, yeah. but that was about it. And I love, you know, how they made the animals in the sea, you know, main characters and how they were like her little cohorts so to speak yeah so i, I like the little mermaid for those reasons
0: yeah the little mermaid's mm-hmm. one that has ho- held up really well and I, I i'm curious to see what they'll do with the li- live action version because of that. it's a
1: story well you know i talked about that on my show because i people were coming for that little girl she was at the, yeah. um, she was at the world premiere opening night and they were uh, and i told her i said listen first of all mermaids aren't real." So there's that. What? (laughs) What? Mermaids aren't real. So there's that. So why are we hating on a little beautiful black girl who's not for nothing? But she's talented. I could see it if she wasn't talented, and they were like, "Oh my god, how could they? How could they get her?" But this little girl, beautiful voice, her singing voice yeah. is bananas. Her looks are bananas. She's gorgeous, 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 and a really sweet, sweet little girl. Why are y'all hating on it the- Can y'all find somebody else to hate on?
0: It's that world, man. It's like you, you hear one thing. You don't like that casting choice. You don't like this. And it's like, oh, God. And people go insane. It's it, it's it was ridiculous yeah it was ridiculous. Yeah. at least see see a trailer something
1: and at least only, that and not only did they go off on her but then when they announced that melissa mccarthy was doing ursula yeah. they had something to say about that i'm like i'm gonna need y'all <laughs> to go sit in the corner <laughs> and calm down mm. calm down because the truth of the matter is when it his theaters you're gonna pay money to go see it anyway yeah, yeah.
0: absolutely you That's, know what i mean it's gonna be a massive hit what you were know? you gonna say
2: um
1: I I mean in terms of my picks
2: or adding on to the little well, you can, why did start with little okay. mermaid <laughs> um, yeah. okay
0: Hit
2: it, with, okay yeah with the little <laughs> with the recent little mermaid casting uh people get a life that's all I'll say yeah. I have nothing else to contribute but that uh as for the movie itself I think like animations gorgeous the songs are iconic the side characters are great I like everything about the little mermaid except the Little Mermaid herself.
1: Like, <laughs> I, wow. I, I honestly don't I, don't... I think sometimes, Alexander, you come on this panel just to disagree with no, me. No, I this don't. I like I, you guys but, together. But,
2: but we somehow keep agreeing most of the time on this Yeah, somehow we, um, somehow we find a common I group. mean, before I get to my pick, I just think Ariel is one of the weakest Disney princesses out there.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Um, I just find her... I just find her kind of a spoiled brat, honestly. But I'm hoping that's something the newer version... <laughs> Sorry, Carla. <laughs> she holds it back, man. She's holding it back. <laughs> For those of you listening to audio only, um, you, 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 need to wa- you need to watch these I'm in video faces. form. I'm making faces,
1: yes I am. Um, so,
2: but, that's, I mean... <laughs> that's, uh, that's all, I'll leave it at that. Um, What's your favorite one, though? Uh, I actually... I couldn't pick between two of these movies. Um, So I had to decide either between Fantasia or Alice in Wonderland. Ooh. Good choices. Um, So I'm picking Fantasia. Yeah, I'm picking Fantasia because it's one of these movies
0: that... I didn't quite understand when I was a kid because I didn't either. It kind of scared me when I
1: was a kid. Dude, yeah, it
0: gave me nightmares. Literally, gave, that movie gave me nightmares. Like
1: that scene with yeah. the with the little wizard doing the thing. I was mm-hmm. like, in that music and the people marching around. I'm like, oh Whoa. yeah,
2: uh, Sorcerer's Apprentice.
1: <laughs> yes, yeah, so I was like, <laughs> like mm-hmm. uh, it was one of those things I just didn't quite understand. Yeah. But um, my
2: dad, who was kind of like the gatekeeper for old Disney, convinced like we had it. I watched it occasionally, but never quite understood it until I was about twenty. Years mm-hmm. old when I rewatched it and it's like, wow, I absolutely love this movie. And then Alice for Alice in Wonderland, I I've read the Lewis Carroll books, I've listened to mm. audiobooks a couple times, and this is probably one of my one of the better adaptations of that book. I mean, the book itself doesn't really make a whole lot of sense.
0: So um <laughs> Well, we all know why, you know. They were yeah. on something at that point. <laughs> well, yeah,
2: well, and that. um the movie like perfectly encompasses that like nonsensical Element. I love yeah. the art style. Uh, I like how it's very different from the other mainstream Disney movies they're making at the time.
0: Sure,
2: um, like it's not typical Disney princess. Um, it doesn't really have a con- like a straightforward narrative. It's kind of messy and all over the place, but that's the appeal of it. Yeah, like, out of all the Disney movies made when Walt was alive. That one's my favorite. Huh?
0: I, it's definitely one of mine. I mean, it's such a weird, weird film in, in, in the best of ways, and it, I, I, it just doesn't feel typical Disney in any sense. I mean, it's 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 cool, it's weird, it's wild, it's everything you said. I agree with. What about you?
1: About Fantasia, I I like. I was like you. I didn't understand it when I was a kid, but as yeah. an adult, I can appreciate it for its um, groundbreaking film. Um, contributions in the Disney vault world now. I can appreciate that. When I was a kid, I was like, mm, I don't know about this. <laughs> <laughs> My mother showed me that. I was like, Ugh, I don't know. But yeah, I, I appreciate it. A, it's a very... Unlike most of the Disney animated features, it's a more artistic Disney film. Oh, absolutely. You know, it's artistic from the musical standpoint. It's artistic from the animation standpoint. It's just a much more artistic, more creative animated Disney feature. So, yeah, I would agree with that. It was good.
0: Good stuff. Well, I'm going to go with my pick. And uh, I had a hard time because I was not a a Disney kid. At mm-hmm. all, I was raised on Carla's favorite genre, horror. <laughs> right? <laughs> we, we love horror. We love. We go see Friday the Thirteenth <laughs> movies. All the no, I was raised on that stuff, so I didn't want to see animated movies as a kid. I didn't discover them till later, till around the Little Mermaid, Beauty and the Beast. Mm-hmm. But the movie I'm going to go with is Tangled, the little movie oh! that got. I remember people are like, "Oh, this is going to be horrible." There's reshoots. There's re-, and I saw this lovely, wonderful movie. Uh, Mandy Moore was alive and engaging. And now you
1: know what's interesting about that? You said Mandy Moore. You know Mandy Moore works with Dan Fogelman and Dan Fogelman is is Tangled. So yeah. I'm like, oh, they have a history. <laughs> Who knew? Mm,
0: I, I, I love this movie. It's It's got such heart. I love the whole scene the uh, where all the bad guys get into the, their song about what they'd really like to do with their lives and, and Zachary Levi.
1: Come on. Aww. That's honestly... I like him. He's funny.
0: Yeah, between him, mm-hmm. uh, his uh, Flynn Rider, and... Uh, uh Christoph and Frozen I I write two favorite male characters in the whole <laughs> Disney world and I I think Tangled is my favorite film in the in the Disney I go between Tangled and Frozen honestly mm. yeah I'm weird I like Frozen uh, you know, <laughs> hey who doesn't <laughs> Lately there's a few people that got they got a little burnt out but yeah that's an amazing film I, love I like Frozen. I like that Disney With these characters, these new animated films have gone on to create these kind of strong, interesting women. That, you know, like in Frozen, they're not fighting for a man, really? They're fighting for each other. Nope. I love that.
1: I love that. I think Disney has kind of like swung its way around there because the early Disney films, I mean, you know, let's talk about Snow White and Sleeping Beauty. They were like, oh, I need a man Mm -hmm. to save me. And not for nothing, but when Wreck-It Ralph did that little scene with the Disney princesses (laughs) (laughs) where where Cinderella had that shank of a (laughs) slipper, that was pure comedy. And I love the fact that they did that, that they showed all the Disney princesses because when you don't see them for long periods of time, and you only see them when they open up the Disney Vault to release those those uh, pictures again. Yeah. It was really cool to see them all in one movie, and you go, "Oh yeah, I remember this about this character and that about that character." You know, it was it was great. It yeah. was really great. Yeah,
0: I love that. I love that the Disney princesses are becoming so popular, and I, I think they've kind of transcended the just. Even being for girls, like, you go to Disneyland, you see dudes with, like, Little Mermaid on them, and you see, I think, I like that. I like that people are kind of opening up to these characters, and they're kind of, you know, they're they're inspiring the young again. Yeah. But I, I like the direction they're going with the, the modern princess. Yeah. yeah. I just wish I'd do more original stuff right now. That's my only, it's yeah. like, we're seeing all these remakes, live-action remakes. I want more movies like Tangled and Frozen.
2: I mean, I think Disney excels, like, with their live action stuff, it's just kind of hit or miss, yeah. whether it's like critical critical success or box office success. Bleh. But their animated <laughs> stuff is strong, huh? like wh- whether their mm-hmm. sequels or
1: not, they put a lot of time and effort into their animated stuff, yeah. and um, it definitely shows. They do a lot of, uh, you know, Disney Disney in terms of that is one of my favorite studios because they do. An enormously huge amount of research into every animated thing that they do, even with their animated shorts. There's an animated short that they had um, last year called Bow about this little dumpling. Did oh, you yes. see that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. The amount of research and time and commitment that they put in. And I think she won an Oscar for she that. She did. Huh? Yeah. So the and that girl, the girl that was the director, she was an intern at Disney, she was an intern and then an apprentice in the animated department. And then they gave her her own short, and then she went to Oscar. And now she's been picked up to um, do her own feature film. But having said that, she, I remember going on a junket where they discussed her, how they did the research for that dumpling. And they, they literally took a bunch of Disney people, the animated team, to her mother's house. And she, their, her mother, taught them how to make dumplings. Oh, my gosh. So that they could get it right. Because, honey, the Asian community would have come for them if Disney had an animated short where they were making dumplings and it wasn't done properly. Oh, for sure. Folk would have gone in. What? In this society? No. Please, Please. they went in on the mermaid. You think they're not going to go in on a dumpling? Oh, of course. Yeah, of course.
0: (laughs) People have nothing better to do with their time. Yes. Go on Twitter and complain about it. (laughs) 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 well we've talked a lot about Disney when there's a lot of great stuff out there Uh, check out if you haven't seen Little Mermaid I can't imagine just at least see it Uh, I would say definitely Alice in Wonderland I don't think a lot of people may have especially the younger kids and I think it's a really great movie and Fantasia yeah. I, so go see it. Tangled Mini, I think more people are familiar yeah. with. Yeah,
1: it's a little newer. I've
0: got my Rapunzel hair. I don't I, know about you guys. I but cannot.
1: I cannot, Jimmy. <laughs> I,
0: you, I was gonna wear it for the show. You didn't. You don't think <laughs> that, that?
2: Hey, anything for the views.
0: Yeah, exactly.
1: <laughs> oh, speaking of views, let me shout out some people that are in our chat room. Oh, please we do. We have Eon Zero. Eon001, and Dope 4 cash who are in the chat room. So thank you for joining us today. Thank you. Thanks, guys. And um, joining into our conversation. We appreciate you.
0: Well, we're going to step off of the Disney train for a moment. Because here we like... I I, I know I do, and I think I speak for the group. Uh, We like independent movies. And we like you guys to hear about movies that we maybe... Aren't you, you aren't saying. I, I know that as a kid, I used to watch Siskel and and be like, oh my god, I've never even heard of this movie. I have to go. Right. So we like to do that here. And I think mm-hmm. we've all picked a independent film that's either streaming or on video that I think we'd like to shed some light on. And I'd like to start with you.
2: <laughs> okay. Um, well, I'm since we're in the last year of the decade, in the second half of the last year of the last decade, I'm going to go with... Um, Probably my fav- one of my favorite horror movies of this decade, uh, It Follows.
0: Oh, lovely. Like, it came out in... It's her favorite, too, by the way. She loves it. I mean, for- <laughs> if... <laughs>
2: <laughs> uh, you, you guys gotta watch this on video. Uh, like, if you, for those of you, like I've already said this, but if you're just listening to audio, you gotta check check out the live feed. Um, yes, it's amazing. But it follows is a. Um, it came out 2014 or 15.
0: I believe it was 14, 15. But
2: I think it came out like in a festival in 14 and then got yeah. released in yeah, 15 so. but yeah, it actually looks like it was a can debut in 2014 and then was released uh limited then wide in march of 2015 so that okay. sounds right yeah. yeah gotcha um yeah it's a really inventive very small uh horror movie um with basically it's, um this demon that chases anybody who's like had sex and the basically the demon gets passed on to another host uh it's creepy it has great cinematography Mm -hmm. Uh, in my youtube channel i've reviewed this movie and included it in my top 10 of 2015 and my top 100 favorite movies wow um any shot in this movie could be could be framed on a wall it's that good I'm not getting my thoughts together.
1: That's <laughs> alright, take your time. Take your Thank time. you.
2: Um <laughs> Yeah, every shot is just that gorgeous that it can be framed up on a wall uh, and um it would look like art in my opinion. Uh, the score by disaster piece is Oh, it's beautiful. It's beautiful. That it's,
0: soundtrack is amazing. It's
2: it's amazing and it's not like too. It's not too dependent on the old synthesizer scores from yeah. the 80s. It's just an incredible score. Uh, the ending does get a little weird. <laughs> I, I feel like the third, like when they're trying to take out the demon, um there's some parts where you kind of question how the demon actually works. But mm-hmm. um, it, it's still a satisfying ending and one that might kind of leaves the door open for... I don't want to say a sequel because I don't want to see a sequel. Yeah, I don't, just... that's
0: one of those. It doesn't need a sequel. But it's
2: like it's like Inception, where it kind of leaves the door open for interpretation on what how the movie actually ended, and you could be right in both cases.
0: That's one thing I like about genre in general. I know you're a big fan, Carla. Uh, <laughs> we I like the idea that you can take STDs, something that's people deal with, especially single people or people you know having fun and you can make a horror movie out of it you can make a message you know i i i love the friday the 13th movies where jason literally is woken up by two people having sex i think that's funny <laughs> I, that's that's hilarious to me so i do like the idea that it's it was a, a, you a, made I,
1: alexander crack up some more to hold his face i've seen i've seen do you jason, know what i'm talking yeah, about I've seen, you know what he's I'm, talking like, I'm just going to put my like, head in he my literally head. wakes up there having sex
0: <laughs> I, he just knows it's like ooh. his glasses are
1: Gonna pop out of his face in a minute. <laughs> Alright, so I'm just gonna segue on over to Yes, me. let's do that. Um, yes. <laughs> I want to encourage everybody to check out The Wizard of Oz. It's celebrating its 80th anniversary this year. Oh, that's a good one. Yeah. Yes. The Wizard of Oz, one of my favorite oh my. films ever, for one reason, Judy Garland. Oh, it's yes. a great
0: movie. And you know what's funny? I saw that. I went to see that in theaters a couple years back. I forgot about 90% of that movie. It's different, because yeah. when it comes
1: on TV, you never really catch it when it comes on. Yes. You catch it in the middle, or at the beginning, or at the end, or you catch it during the yellow brick road. You know, it's always at a different point, but it yeah. is celebrating its 80th anniversary this year, so I wow. want to suggest that. I also want to suggest there's a... Um, I'm not sure if this is a series or if it's a movie. I think it's a movie, though. It's called Sea of Shadows, and it's on Nat Geo TV. Oh, And it's okay. dealing with, um, it's a documentary-type situation, dealing with the Mexican cartel trying to um, make money and stop people from getting a hold of this fish called a totoba. Oh. Which apparently is a lot of money. It's like, it's like sea crack. <laughs> oh, wow. For lack of a better wow. way to say it. Oh my so gosh. it's a very intriguing story, and it's very enlightening, because I did not know that the Mexican cartel was literally messing with the fishermen, too. So yeah, it's called Sea of Shadows, and it's on Nat Geo TV.
0: Okay, that sounds okay. good. I'm curious.
1: Yeah, I've not seen Sea of Shadows,
2: but I might have to check
1: it out. It's really um, good. As for Wizard
2: of Oz, it's, it's one of those movies where it's like, every time I watch it, I've never seen it. I've never had the opportunity to see it in a theater but mm-hmm. every time I watch it it's it's like West Side Story for me or the Iron yeah. Giant where it's like I'm not gonna lose it this time I'm not gonna cry oh. I'm not gonna cry
1: <laughs> damn darn it I'm crying <sighs> yeah when she sings Somewhere Over the Rainbow oh. it's a wrap yeah. it's a, a rap. joy. it's and, a joy and, and it's the first act of the movie yeah I'm just saying it's the first 15 minutes yeah. of the film I'm like eh! it's just the
0: best there's something about judy garland and if you're not a if you've never really experienced one of her movies you should definitely the star is born with judy garland is lovely too she's That's just my
1: a, i mean you know. i i'm i'm a huge judy garland fan huge so i've seen quite a bit of her films and then i literally bought a cd a cd wow <laughs> Why you I bought a, a cd I bought, I bought a cd collection of all of her songs from all of her movies oh wow, wow. It's the bomb! It's oh my the bomb. gosh, it is awesome. I have one like that from Barbara Streisand too. Oh, well, nice. now
0: I gotta ask, what's your favorite? Is it Is Stars Born your favorite?
1: My favorite Judy Garland movie, yeah. you no, know, Meet Me in St. Louis is. Oh, wonderful, mm. wonderful Meet, movie. Yeah, Meet Me in St. Louis is my favorite Judy Garland movie because it's just it's about being in my hometown in an area where my family um, used to own a home there. So it's it, it it takes place during the World's Fair, which was a really really important historical time in my yeah. hometown
0: of st louis so it was cool that's cool. well mm-hmm. i'm gonna with my pick i'm gonna go actually i'm going musical but i'm going to really recent i always i feel like yeah go see classics like this i love mm-hmm. go see wizard of oz go see meet me in st louis right. i i got a movie that i really loved and it was a it wasn't widely acclaimed but it just i loved uh teen spirit with Elle fanning
1: Mm. I never loved, heard of it. it's it's about a girl, and I'll tell you why my parents, my parents, my mother, and my brother loved it, but I was like,
0: yeah mm. it's <laughs> about a girl she a Polish descent who loves to sing and she's in this very just kind of poor family she's never really really she's not going to get the opportunity. She happens to meet this guy who's who used to be an opera singer. And he coaches her to go on this live television event to audition to be a star. Hmm. The The reason I love this movie, I loved Elle Fanning's performance. It wasn't the typical... She was good. She was good. She didn't come across as, oh, look at me, I'm the star. It was a very grounded, very beautiful performance. And my God, she can sing.
1: Yeah, she, she took, has a nice voice. Yeah,
0: she covered Tegan and Sarah. She covered, I think, Robin. She covered all these people. And it... I think what really impressed me I'm a huge music fan, huge music fan of us, Brandy Carlisle. <laughs> uh, I, I love what it, when you add something that element to a film, what I really liked about this is I'm not a pop music fan. Mm-hmm. I'm not the guy that's going to go out and, "Oh, I'm going to listen to the new Taylor Swift, or I'm going mm-hmm. I ne- to I had no idea who Robin was before mm-hmm. this movie. It gave me an appreciation for the passion. That went into the pop music, and I I did the junket for the film with Max Minglea, the director, mm-hmm. first wonderful actor, and mm-hmm. then he's directing this little sweet film, and I love the fact that he treated the music with respect. It wasn't, it wasn't cheesy. I mean, there was a couple cheesy songs in there, that, especially the group song that they mm-hmm. all did together. I was mm-hmm. like, oh, yeah. but there's something about it. it. It put these songs and these lyrics into a very real world, and a very, like, I've got to escape this world. And it didn't feel cheesy anymore. Mm-hmm. It felt beautiful, mm-hmm. and it felt charming. And it it's just a really small story that I connected to. And I, I, I'm sorry you didn't, but I, I, I hope people see it. I mean, it's not, again, it's not groundbreaking. It's not the best movie you're ever going to see, but there, it's got a lot of heart. And I, I love that. Okay. I love movies like that. All right. All right. So I guess, I mean, that's... I, that's it, it. Yeah, that's yep. it. We're done. Uh, <laughs> it was, Pleasure, guys. Thank you for tuning in. Um, please, if you have any suggestions for independent movies, I think, any Disney movies, please comment. Do whatever you want. Uh, now... Where can we find you?
2: All right, you guys can find me on YouTube at the real Mr. Robinson Twitter, real Mr. underscore Robinson, Instagram, the real Mr. Robinson. and if you want to know my quick thirty second opinion on the trailer for cats, go follow me on the Stardust app at real Mr. Robinson. I did a reaction today. You will not want to miss it.
1: yeah. Okay, <laughs> well there's that You can find me across all social media platforms At The Curvy Critic You can also find me here At Popcorn Talk All the time doing a lot of different things But okay. you can find me at Black Hollywood Live Every Sunday at 5 o'clock doing The Curvy Critic With Carla Renata And at After Buzz TV doing the General Hospital Report And just before we go I just want to give a final shout out to the people in the chat room eon one Dolt Dote4Cash Kamei Egan And Ty- Terry, or Tari. And yes, Tari, you did see me on Ugly Betty.
0: <laughs> oh, oh, no. So uh, we're going to do a, I think her and I are going to do a Friday the 13th marathon. Is that correct? <laughs> we're doing it um, No. Okay, well, and of course, I'm Jimmy O. I, I was your host today. Thank you for joining in. You can find me on Twitter, Jimmy to the O. You can find me everywhere. I'm on social media. It's, it's a mess. Uh, thanks, guys. Thanks again for joining us. Until next week. Bye. Bye. From producers Maria Menounos, Kevin Undergaro,